You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to a special episode of Getting Heated. This week, we are featuring the most talked about topics ever debated on the show. First up, after this video went viral of jet skis being launched into the air, plenty of controversy followed about the false confidence safety vests provide. Ross Williams was not shy about his opinion. Now with jet skis, full-blown kooks are just zipping out into the lineup. And we are revisiting a clash of opinions about the best Australian surfer on the men's championship tour. Morgan, you're going to end up in the final five. Plus, Hugh Jairs might get big scores from the judges, but didn't get scored well by Taylor Knox in this debate. I do think there has been so many errors that it's completely watered down. Finally, Kelly Slater gets heated about rivalries on tour. Where did they all go? It's fun to see guys who just really don't like each other. Now, to take us through these controversial debates, here's Coco Ho. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Getting Heated. As you all know, this is a place for debate and discussion on all things surf-related. Sometimes the topics get pretty spicy and the debates can get heated. So this week, we've rounded up the most talked about heats ever debated on the show. Let's start with the controversial opinions Mick Vanning and Ross Williams shared when asked the question, does wearing a safety vest give too many inexperienced surfers false confidence? I think Ross is still getting comments about this one. Uh, straight answer is yes. Um, I think the, the invention of the, the vest was to save lives. And I think people are getting some, you know, courage that I don't know where it comes from. For me personally, I'm scared to put on a vest because it means I have to go. <laughs> so it's not only vests, I think it's jet skis as well. I think we, we've got to have some sort of licensing or, you know, maybe it's a safety course that you've got to prove to send in to get one of these vests. Um, and also, you know, get a jet ski license to go and surf these big waves. And it's not only Hawaii, it's, it's all around the world. There's no way I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Um, uh, 100% there needs to be some sort of, for lack of a better term, governing um, for, for the, not only vests, um, but I agree with you, Mick. Definitely jet skis, to me, is where the problem is. Um, vests do nothing but save lives. It does give you a bit of a self, um, uh, um, false security. But skis get you into the lineup, and that's where big wave surfing, you know, in, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s was a big deal because you had to get there uh, on your own accord. Now with jet skis, full-blown kooks are just zipping out into the lineup, um, <laughs> you know, where they wouldn't be normally. Uh, so jet skis is the real problem. And we saw just a couple days ago during that incredible swell, um, I had all kinds of friends out there that were just saying, man, it was unbelievable. There were half the guys out there had no business of being out there. There was looky loos. We all saw that white ski jump 60 feet in the air um, and almost killed someone. Uh, so yeah, um, I think it's going to get to the point, unfortunately, where we're going to have lifeguards that will be, have to police lineups and actually, you know, tell people to, to, 
sort of scale back because there are just you know, way too many dudes in the lineup. That footage of those jet skis, that was incredible. That was just straight up scary. Um, I'm glad everyone's safe and healthy and alive. But yeah, I think when it comes to big wave surfing and jet skis and all that sort of stuff, there's got to be some sort of governing and there's got to be some sort of course to get you out there. I know surfing's a free sport, but look, it's for not only the safety of the person going out, but it's safety of others. It's kind of necessary because when it comes to life and death, you know, you don't want people dying over, you know, trying to enjoy the waves. So just needs a little bit of organization. I think same in Australia, right? Mick, there's, there's carnage there too. Every day. Look at Darren Hanley. Sorry, Darren. <laughs> when we return, Kaipo and Strider clash in a debate about who is the best Australian surfer on the men's CT. You're saying he's better than the other athletes from Australia? I'm going to say yeah. And we found out not everyone is loving all the airs in competition. They were just taking off on closeouts, basically. You know, wave selection didn't even matter at all. We'll revisit Taylor Knox's unpopular opinion when we come back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the special edition of Getting Heated, highlighting the most talked about heats ever debated on the show. Shortly after the Jeep Surf Ranch Pro, we saw Australian rookie Morgan Siblick move up the rankings to number four. This led us to debate the simple but controversial question. Is Morgan Siblick the best Australian surfer on the men's CT? WSL commentators Kaipo and Schreider had a lot to say about that. Number four in the rankings, um, coming out blazing as a rookie. And that's really, really hard to do, you know, your rookie year, uh, to have the headspace to perform under all of that pressure and being on the big stage and taking down some big names. Morgan Siblick, with his rock solid surfing, um, is a force to be reckoned with. All right. I, I like it. You're, you know, the, I guess the leaderboard doesn't lie, but I, I have to say that I don't think he is the best Australian surfer on tour right now. Um, I feel like he's had some very lucky calls that went his way. He surfed against Arcal and they were like tied up and he got the nod and then he surfed against, uh, it was Italo and they called an incomplete for Italo where, you know, there's just so many different things that happen in the events that um, I feel like also he's done really well in the new events and when it came down to the events that we have seen on tour we have yet to really see him rise up in those events so at the moment 
Where he sits at number four, I don't think he's going to be there. I actually don't think he's going to be in the top five when it comes right down to it, to the finals day. Well, that's your opinion, Strider. I mean, yeah, that could be true. But so far, so good. Smooth sailing. And I just like the fact that he's getting rewarded for fundamental surfing and strong fundamental surfing with really good technique and really good body mechanics, great turns. And I think the, the judging has, has reflected in that. Um, I think we're gonna see more from Morgan Sibley. And maybe free surfing and throughout, you know, other genres of surfing, putting together clips and everything, you can have better surfers, but you said it, the rankings don't lie. Well, I think, I think, I think that, you know, Julian coming is gonna come back. I feel like like Owen and Ryan Callanan and even Ethan Ewing, all of those guys are gonna be uh, I think coming back strong towards the end here. And I feel like he's not gonna actually solidify a space where he's at. I don't know, what is he gonna be in the top five come finals? Um, I think he has he has a he has a pretty big chance. Kaipo, you didn't answer the question. No, okay. I said yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go yes. Strider, I'm, I'm putting good juju out there for Morgan Siblet. Morgan, you're as good as anybody else on tour, Morgan. You have a strong mind, you have strong fundamentals, you keep to your game and you're gonna end up in the final five, Morgan. And you think that Morgan is better than Julian Wilson, Owen Wright, Ethan Ewing, and Jack? I think when we say better, we're talking about in I'm competition in with a jersey on and he's yeah. shown that he's got that steady steady mind and he's got this great set of surfing fundamentals at the end of the, at the end of the year you're sticking by that comment right there i gotta do it and i love a feel-good story so what a feel great feel-good story i want these feel-good stories i i love it that he came off of the qs nobody even knew his name how to say his last name who is this kid blew up Haliva, blew up Sunset, made it on the world tour, and now he's sitting number four in the rankings. I love that story, and I want that story to have a beautiful fairy tale ending. Well, Kaipo, you know what happens when you put your heart out there. It gets broken. <laughs> That's true. Oh. I'm pretty sure Kaipo and Strider argued for another hour after we finished taping. Now over to another highly talked about heat between Mick Fanning and Taylor Knox. We know huge errors can get big scores from the judges, but we asked the question from a fan's perspective. Are all the errors in competition making it too predictable and less exciting to watch? Taylor Knox did not hold back. I do think there has been so many errors that it's completely watered down. Can, you know, you have you have Instagram, you have the contest, you're, you're just seeing so much that you forget some really incredible errors because there's so much and it's so diluted. My thing is I'd like to see some less errors and some more technique and style in between them because a lot of times what I'm seeing is they're telegraphing the errors. So you know it's coming. Yeah. Some errors stand out. Medina's at Newcastle stood out. Yago Dora's at Rottenness stood out. And I think Chris's, Chris Amora's at Newcastle was huge too, especially for the progression of girls surfing. I mean, really, really amazing airs now just become commonplace. So it's like, maybe they could mix it up and, you know, do some double hand back, huge 
uh, carves like Dane Reynolds did in, at Haleiwa that one year or, you know, something different because it, it's just too much. I'm, I'm like numb to it and I shouldn't be numb to it. It should be held in a, a little bit of a different standard and held back a little bit just so when you do throw one, it, it's more of an impact. Yeah, look, I think what's happened is that the the airs have come commonplace because you've got guys like Gabe Medina, you've got Italo Ferreira, and you know they're they're taking off on closeouts and doing uh, an air and minimum of getting a six five. And I think that's where the judges sort of have to start looking a little bit at the point where, okay, how high are, we, are they actually getting out of the water, or are they just spinning off into the flats? Um, I, I felt like Italo was a bit guilty of that in the first couple of events where he was just spinning straight off into the flats and, you know, the minimum 6.5 just straight like that on a, on a straight closeout. And, and so kids are seeing these things and just going, well, that's how I get scores. That's how I'm going to win events. Uh, so I feel like what you're trying to explain here is something that the judges um, will have to control. Uh, but I think airs these days are just like having a forehand hack for us back in you know the the noughties um that's something that it was just part of the equipment and look i was always guilty of someone who everyone would say it say i'd do the same turn over and over again to get scores and yeah look i was guilty of that i knew how to get my scores so um <laughs> i think that's the way that the surfers are looking at airs these days and that's how uh you know that's how they're getting through heats and you can't blame them. If they're going to get the score, they're going to keep doing it. So there's going to need to be a different philosophy on the tour. They're going to have to come together with the, the surfers and the judges and are going to have to make a decision like, hey, we, we need to, for the better, for, for bettering the sport, we're going to need to do things a little differently. We're going to have to, we're going to score you guys a little differently. We want to see not just the air spin to flat to claim, you know, like I felt like I watched 150 of those during the Aussie leg where you were just taking they were just taking off on closeouts basically you know wave selection didn't even matter at all and granted they were surfing beat breaks and you know they weren't surfing snapper and they weren't surfing bells i just don't want to see the hyperactivity between taking off in the air i want to see some more flow and some more technique and style you know it seems like a lot of times it's just take off fly down the line to the end section boost and, you know, you might miss a section or two in between there. Might be a few years before we see that. <laughs> when we return, we're going deep into a topic that picked up a lot of attention when Kelly Slater talked about the need for heated rivalries on tour. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the special edition of Getting Heated, bringing you the most talked about heat ever debated on the show. When Kelly Slater is our guest, more people tend to tune in. And when the GOAT talks about the most heated rivalries he's ever seen on tour, that conversation goes viral. We ask the question, does it hurt the tour to not have competitors who wanna smash each other? Here's what Kelly and Ross had to say. Stepping away from it and just being a fan on the sidelines watching, it, it definitely takes away from it, I think. Um, you, you like that animosity between people because it just builds up that tension. Like I said before, I watch a lot of UFC and I love those fights where there's two guys that just hate each other 
But then afterwards they hug it out and high five and they're like, you know what? He got the better of me or whatever. Um, you know, when you leave it all in the ring or in the water, I think that's exciting for people, but it's fun to see guys who just really don't like each other. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, there was, although Andy and I became friends, uh, you know, in the later years, there was times we just genuinely didn't like each other at all. Like I, I had times where I couldn't believe that some of my friends were friends with Andy. I was like, how do you even, how are you even friends with that guy? And, um, I'm sure he felt the same way, you know, but, um, that's because you build this wall and you don't want to know that guy. You want to, you want to demonize and make them the enemy because you want to figure out their weak points. And you want to try to figure out how to how to expose those, and um, you know you gotta you you gotta kind of internalize some of that. For instance, right now John and Gabrielle, I think they're kind of friends, you know, but I also know that they're both going for the same thing. So whether they're honest about it or not, they want the same thing and they want to do whatever they can to beat the other guy to have it. Um, you know, Ross and I always every few years will bring up this thing where there was a top 44 review Derek Hine used to do, and Shane Dorian was one of the guys doing it. And I think it was, uh, I won't even say who it was. They asked Shane about a certain surfer and Shane didn't know the person's name. And Shane goes, who the hell is that guy? I want that guy in a heat. And they got each other in the first heat, uh, at the first event. And the guy smashed Shane. And not everyone in Australia knew that, but we all knew that. And we just thought it was hilarious and funny. And, you know, Shane looks back and laughs about it now. But those are the things that bring up those really interesting battles between uh, two people. That being said, you know, maybe the best example was sort of that, that disdain that you and Andy had for each other, especially on Andy's side, you know, Andy had a bit of a dark side to him. Um, and, and it's really, really fun to watch because it's just one more thing to sort of, as a fan, it's one more thing to cling to, not just the performance, because we don't have a lot of shit talkers nowadays, but we do have some amazing surfers like John, John and Gabriel is the perfect example. I would say, that's the Tom Curran and Aki of our time or of 2021, you know, where surfers that surf very different. Curran was flowy and um, had beautiful style. It was very quiet. Aki was a little more rough around the edges and surfed so different, you know, regular goofy. So that contrast is something that a fan can really hold on to. So it doesn't always have to be about, you know, talking trash, um, but it does help like you you pointing that out like john is a very sort of quiet reserved type of person gabby doesn't say a whole lot but um he clearly is a a demon in the water you know he wants to win at any and all costs and you've seen it he is the most ruthless competitor that maybe i've ever seen on tour i mean it reminds me of only a couple guys i, I can remember surfing against like a robbie bain or um potts you know, a couple of those guys were, were pretty vicious, but and that's the way that Gabe is now. Zeke was that way with John at Bells, and um, it creates this controversy and it creates these talking points that become interesting. You know, Zeke probably knew that just on the basis of going out there and surfing, John's probably going to beat him more times than he's going to beat John, but he's got to figure out something to throw John off his game, so he did it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, because, uh, you know, these rivals and um, things to cling on to, again, as a fan, it, it doesn't always have to be about the trash talk. But, um, man, it, you almost can't draw much more of a different line between Gabriel and John John. So that's kind of is the, the example that everyone keeps going to because they surf so different. As you mentioned, Gabriel's uh, 
you know, way more of a competitor. You know, he's 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 out there constantly analyzing uh, the the landscape and how he's gonna win. Whereas you have someone like John John, who's more of a natural surfer, who's out there and has a lot of pride in his surfing. He wants to surf really really well, and that's how he ends up winning. But that being said, it it really is fun when someone's a little more brash. Um, you mentioned Aki and how he made that statement. I can kind of see even maybe Morgan Sibilic being a little, um, like you mentioned his phone call to you, just kind of, um, you know, something funny with his friends. So he obviously has that cheeky side to him. So I, I look for that as a fan. That's fun. I hope that stays around because um, that is like a little bit of a tribute to the eighties. I have two, two quick little stories that heats. One was in uh, France in 1990 in Hasegor, I'm surfing against Gerlach and he and I had this heat and he's winning the heat and I had fallen on a couple waves and I only needed, I didn't need a very big score to beat him. I needed about a five and I had priority and this perfect wave, the best wave of the heat comes right to me. Um, actually, sorry to both of us. He has priority. I'm, I'm getting my stories mixed up. He has priority. We're paddling and I can see he's going to miss it and I'm paddling just inside of him and he misses it and I catch it and I stand up and I start almost laughing because I can't believe my luck. I'm gonna, all I have to do is ride this wave, I'm gonna beat, I'm gonna beat Gerlach. And I know you guys have believed this, but all of a sudden I just hear him go as loud as he could from behind the wave. And I dug my rail and fell and he beat me. And, and uh, I was just like, oh my God, I just let it go. He just totally threw me off my game. And I had, an, I had another one with Potts in um, 90, early 90s, maybe 94. And he was riding Twinsers. I don't know if you remember that phase. He was riding those four fin Twinsers, and 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 it was barely breaking. It was it was sort of fun, small little rights with these the south wind. There's these little wedges, and I thought, oh, I could, I think I could battle with him today. You know, I think I could feel good. And I, I got in the lead to start, and Potts got a really good score, and he came back out, and there's no one. It was rainy and cold on the beach. No one really on the beach, and no one in the water at all. And Potts comes and sits closer to me than I am to this computer right now. And he's like basically rubbing shoulders with me. And, and, uh, I just thought, man, I can't deal with this tension. It's like, and I had already beat him the year before a year or two before in, in, in Lockenau. And I was like, I couldn't deal with the tension. So I wanted to make a joke and be like, they, I heard him on, say on the mic, Martin Potter, you need like a 1.3 to pull in the lead. And I just wanted to go, do you think you can get it? just to break the tension, but I was too scared of pots because he was like big and scary and hairy and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Those were two great Kelly moments that I never, I don't think I would have learned unless you told us today. There's a lot more that, where that came from. Believe me, 30 years on tour, I got some, I got some stories. Those were some amazing stories told by Kelly that I truly never heard before. And that does it for the most talked about heats ever debated on the show. Tune in next time when we unleash the most hilarious and funniest moments ever had. There have been a lot of good laughs. Hope you enjoyed this special episode. We'll see you next time.